Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Watch your mind. In this podcast, Eckhart discusses the path to awakening. He encourages listeners to detach from the mind instead of being the mind. He says most of us get so enmeshed in our thinking, we mistake it for reality. He also believes the mind tells us we need a long list of criteria to advance spiritually. But Eckhart says enlightenment is not something we attain in the future. In truth, full consciousness is closer than we think. We can break through our thinking to awaken right here, right now. So welcome. I'm glad you made it. And uh, also welcome to all of you. One could say, let's put it very simply, while you're here, and hopefully after you leave also, the greatest advice I could give you is watch your mind which means be aware of your mind instead of being your mind be the awareness behind the mind in certain Buddhist monasteries that I visited a long 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 time ago the monks use that expression watch your mind when they say it to another monk, and what it really means there is, shut up. <laughs> but they're too polite to say it. And of course, watch your mind is a great way of saying it. But here you, of course, instead of saying it to other people here, you might be tempted, who knows, use it as a signpost an inner signpost. So be there as the silent presence. And that's already the entire secret, which isn't really a secret, but somehow it still is. To be aware. Awareness or presence is a space of just being conscious. Uh, not at some future point when we've gone through the 12 or 25 steps or many steps there may be to full consciousness but right here and now very important don't wait to achieve some kind of state don't wait to achieve liberation or enlightenment or some kind of fireworks or some kind of transcendent experience, which you may have, but that passes too. The transcendent experience 
has a beginning and an end, and then you're backed with your, oh, I had a, such a great experience last year. <laughs> I want to get back to that. How do I get back, back to that? <laughs> Don't try to get back because that's not the way, that's the wrong direction. And don't try to get forward to the expectation of an experience. The ex One of the great obstacles, especially for those of you who could be considered or who consider themselves to be spiritual seekers, which this may actually have become part of your identity because you've attended many talks, retreats, you've been, you've visited the ashrams in India and the monasteries and you're extremely knowledgeable but uh, you are seeking for that, that high. Am I going to make it in this lifetime? And then you go to some Buddhist or other teachers and then somebody may say, you need about 15 more lifetimes. <laughs> okay, well, okay, I can live with that. No, you can't. <laughs> These are all concepts in the mind. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. So uh, letting go of an ex any expectation of achieving a particular state, but becoming completely aligned with whatever is here now, whatever is in this moment and the transcendent depths of this moment. Then there's nothing to seek anymore. And you, your search ends the moment your mind ceases and some stillness arises. And you know it's there without naming it. That's the end of the search. Now you may adopt the search again when the stillness gets covered up again by mental noise because you have in your mind there may be the for some of you, the seeker identity, and that identity wants to carry on seeking, and, and that identity will tell you after a moment of stillness that that wasn't enough. 
it wasn't the fireworks, but it is enough, but at this deepens the state. Now this is a little paradox because it's full of the, the spiritual life is full of paradoxes and spiritual discourse. The timeless state of consciousness, which is presence, deepens. Now you can see the slight paradox in that. So over time, the timeless state of consciousness deepens. Uh, it manifests more and more fully through you. And yet it's timeless. So we are here to live this. And this is a protected environment, not without challenges. Even here, this beautiful place, it's a, almost a kind of ashram. Even here, some challenges may arise because life is like that, it does that to you. And some of you, on your journey here and arriving here, may already have experienced a few challenges. How did you respond to the challenges? <laughs> it doesn't matter how you responded if you were not present and you, the challenge made you reactive and mental-emotional reactive movement. So that's fine if you realize it now, it's never too late. Oh, that was that. I was unconscious. Isn't that interesting? But you can see it now, so you must be conscious now. And then wait for the next challenge. You may have arrived in your room and it was very small and like a monastic cell. <laughs> and mentally you compared it to wherever you were on your vacation. It's not the Ritz-Carlton, obviously. <laughs> but a monastic cell is a lovely place for surrender. And realizing that very little is needed for presence to arise. It's much more likely to arise when things are taken away from you rather than when things are added to you. The mind doesn't know that. The mind thinks something needs to be added to you in order to awaken an added experience, an added realization, an added whatever it may be, a vision, angels, whatever. So the mind expects to be added. By adding something, then I will arrive. Adding a future moment. So it expects that, but the realization is that nothing needs to be added for awakening. This is not to say that on the level of your personality, the historical person, there are not things for you still, unless you are 95, there are not still things for you to do. There may be interesting things for you to add to who you are as a person, 
you can add new experiences, you can travel, you can learn something new, a language, take up a inst musical instrument, uh, read books, build up a business, whatever it is, adding some on that level, there's nothing wrong with adding things to you, and on that level of the personal, the personality, you're never really complete, there's always more that you could do, and if you pursue one particular avenue that excludes and many others, you could, you could add things by becoming a great sports person if you're young enough. Um, so you can you train hard and you enjoy it. Of course, that excludes, and you, it's unlikely that you will develop into an intellectual, and uh, because you don't have the time to read the books. But if you read the books, then that excludes that that you're not physically active for six hours a day. <laughs> so you can't. You choose this particular avenue, and. You're never, you're never complete, there's always more you can do, and life sometimes demands that you do certain things. It gives you a challenge, or you choose a challenge. It's usually better to choose a challenge on the level of a personality, and on the level of the person. The person has its own life, and they choose something, have a, have a goal, I want to do this, that, or the other, without the expectation that this goal, once you achieve it, will lead you, take you to ultimate satisfaction. It can't do that. Or will reveal to you who you really are, give you your true identity. So when you're looking to, in this level of the person, when you're looking to worldly, all the things of this world, through achieving this, that, or the other, that this will give you some very satisfying sense of identity, of being you, the sense of having arrived. Because almost everybody who is still, still trapped in ego has a sense of something that should happen hasn't happened yet in my life. <laughs> uh, there's something missing. So this is an, can be a very strong in the forefront of your mind, or it can be in the background, the sense of lack, the sense of something is not quite right here, but you don't know what it is. You're not at ease in the world. There's an underlying sense of unease. And for some people, the underlying sense of unease is so all-pervasive that they don't even know it, because since early, even childhood, it already started, and so they don't know anything else. This, there's always this underlying sense of unease, this underlying sense of either there's something not right, I'm not right, or something that should be happening hasn't happened yet, or even something that did happen should not have happened. That whatever it may be, in whatever way you interpret that underlying feeling of unease. But you, if you're completely trapped in ego, it will be there, Sometimes it may surface very strongly, in which case you become very anxious or very very sad or very depressed, or you can manifest in many ways. You can even get angry, it can be part of that. And if it's been there for many years, you don't even know it. It's unlikely that this is the case with anybody that's here, present here, because you would never come here if there hadn't been something that makes you aware, at least, 
that there is a sense of of unease in you, and that you know that you begin to suspect that something else is possible, that there is another way of being in this world. There is another way of being in this world. There are still many millions, though, who don't know that. They live with constant unease. Sometimes it manifests as fear, it manifests as anxiety, or just a more obscure sense of something not quite right. And uh, another way it manifests is that people see themselves as a problem. So your identity is basically uh, you're a problem to yourself. You consider yourself a problem that needs to be solved. <laughs> and then, of course, you go to a psycho something and, <laughs> and says, please solve the problem of me. I am a problem to myself. And you are, you are a problem to yourself. It would be a great thing to realize that you're a problem. But if you're really deeply immersed in that, you don't even know that. If you're really deeply immersed in that pattern, it's always the others who are the problem. So if you're very unconscious, you wouldn't even say, I'm a problem to myself. No, it's he, she, they, they are the problem, not me. <laughs> and so perhaps you wouldn't even seek a psychotherapist because if you seek a psychotherapist, at least there is an admission that change is possible and change is needed. But there are still millions who don't even know that the, the inner change is possible and needed. It's all out there. <laughs> and these people are very active on, online. <laughs> you might have noticed. <laughs> because that's an ideal uh, forum for them to uh, externalize their inner mental state. And uh, a lot of what's goes, what goes on there is um, admittedly, I don't know if one can still use that word or whether it has become politically incorrect, but I'll use it anyway. A lot of what goes on there is actually crazy. <laughs> I think if it's not politically correct yet, it soon will be. <laughs> so the, you know how a humming sound that if something is like an, a refrigerator or some noise in the room is going on and on. You no longer know it's there in the background, but in the, when it stops, then you suddenly know, oh, oh, it feels so good. There was this constant humming sound in the background. I didn't even know it anymore. I didn't know it. And so for some people, the first awakening is to become aware of the humming, so to speak, of their mind, the constant chatter, the constant dialogues and monologues that make life so hard. And so you become aware suddenly, oh, that for many humans, that's a moment of awakening. What is my mind doing? And then you begin to be able to differentiate between what is in this moment out there, what is, 
and the inter your mental interpretation of what is. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. If you're very unconscious, the way in which you interpret the phenomena that surround you and that constantly change people, events, situations, places, when you're very unconscious, you're, the way in which you mentally interpret and mentally react and mentally emotionally react to other people, places, situations, and so on, are perceived as a single phenomenon. You cannot differentiate between what is out there and how you see what is, how you interpret it, what you call it, the narrative that you spin around what is. They have a single thing, you experience as a single thing. And so you, the way then in which a very unconscious person interprets the phenomena that happen around you continuously is determined by the conditioning of their mind, the mental-emotional conditioning. So they don't experience the, the, almost anything as it is. They experience it through the veil of their mental conditioning. And a lot of that mental conditioning is verbal. It is, a, in many cases, an important part of it is a narrative in your mind. And so if you become aware of the narrative in your mind, that's a great step forward, it's a great awakening. And when you see that what you are, the way in which you are talking to yourself about something that's happening here and now, that's the, and the mind says, this shouldn't be happening, they should know better, why, do, why can't they do better? Why do I always encounter situations like, why are people always so obnoxious? I just can't stand people anymore. Uh, why is this person, look how he pretends, he's pretending to be spiritual and just you can see he's completely unconscious. <laughs> um, what's this play? Why did I even come here? Well, I'm stuck here in this, in this room and it's, is it even clean? <laughs> I, 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 I could be in a much more comfortable, if I hadn't left home, I could be in a much more comfortable place at home. Why did I do that? Why would you always do things? It's completely pointless coming here. I mean, this, what is this man even talking about? <laughs> and so it goes on and on. And you don't, you cannot differentiate between what is and how your mind interprets what is. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> so the moment you can separate you see, here's the isness of things. This is what is. Here I am, and there's that person talking about whatever politics.
and uh, and you may find in yourself the an urge to to say something <laughs> but it could happen here even here because it's unlikely that you left your mind outside it came with you but that's a good thing because then you can become aware of it and so life suddenly becomes much more simple and you begin to practice here when you differentiate between the isness of things and your interpretation of it this includes people too every person behaves as they do according to their level of consciousness at this particular moment. Le in many people, level their consciousness varies. Sometimes they are really unconscious, and at other times they are fairly present. You might have noticed that it could happen to you sometimes still. Sometimes you are very present, and then something is uh, triggered. I got triggered. He triggered me. <laughs> He always triggers me. <laughs> so you got triggered and then you... So what happens when you get triggered? Something takes you over. It's like you become somebody else for a while. And you might even say things that you later regret when you're a bit more conscious again. You say, oh, I said something terrible. It's too late, you said it. <laughs> then forgiveness has to come in. Oh, there's another problem. <laughs> you have to forgive yourself. No, you don't have to forgive yourself. That's too complicated. <laughs> you just have to see that neither you nor anybody else can manifest behavior or speech that is beyond their level of consciousness at that particular moment. That's obvious. So, if you get annoyed with people, or of course some things on a practical level can, you can have changes on a practical level. You can say, "Don't do this. I don't. This behavior is not acceptable." And that's a clear statement. It doesn't have to be reactive. But to learn to real to realize that, and this is a strange way of putting it. Um, when you criticize other humans or you you look at them and say, oh, the dreadful person. Uh, I wrote that somewhere, I think, in the book Stillness Speaks. If you had the same personal history as this person, and if you had the same level of consciousness as this person, <laughs> you would behave in exactly the same way. <laughs> Uh, it's the because that person is determined by his or her past. Uh, the behavior is determined by the conditioning of this person's mind. Now this, of course, we have to look very carefully. It seems to imply that people are not really, and this is a little problematic, people are not responsible for what they say or do. Hmm. Is that true? Is nobody responsible for what they say or do? 
Well, you can see that a very unconscious person, they cannot help doing what they do. And if they are, even if they do dreadful things, if they were more conscious, they would not. However, the evolution of human consciousness uh, happens gradually and sometimes right now faster than, much faster than before. It happens through suffering for all those who are very unconscious. They generate suffering for themselves and others. Suffering, when you're very unconscious, you generate an enormous amount of suffering for yourself and anybody who happens to be in your immediate surroundings. And ultimately, although you, you're not responsible for what you do, you will suffer the consequences of your unconsciousness. And that's a karmic thing. It's only by suffering the consequences of your unconsciousness you have an opportunity or a chance of eventually awakening. So even the even the seemingly most uh, adverse conditions and states of other humans that uh, make them perpetrate dreadful things, uh, ultimately there's a, there's a larger purpose embedded in this. It's not immediately obvious, and that is the, the very unconscious humans. And even if unconscious humans are form a collective, an unconscious energy field, it could be a, a region or, can, or sometimes a whole country can become very unconscious. Everybody gets taken over by deep unconsciousness. It's happened even in the 20th century to several countries that suddenly got taken over by an enormous unco collective unconsciousness and that produces enormous suffering. And yes, what Jesus said on the cross, help, forgive them for they know not what they do. They know not what they do, of course, means they are completely unconscious in modern terminology. Uh, so it does not free you from the suffering, the consequences of unconsciousness, because that is part of the evolution of human consciousness, is up to a certain point it happens through pain and suffering. And it's self-generated through the unconscious state of state of humans, and then at some point, when you've suffered enough, there's a chance of awakening. It might be after 20 years in prison, or it could be you're in some dreadful, totally violent surroundings, and you every day there's shooting and bombing, and whatever whatever way it manifests. So, so you're, you're, you see the reflection in the external world of your state of consciousness, and then at, you suffer and suffer and suffer, and, and then suddenly something in you cracks open the hard egoic shell that was in many cases a collective ego, that perhaps those collective egos are even more insane than individual egos. They can perpetrate it far worse. Uh, crimes than, than personal egos. I mean, look at the the crimes, the, the worst crimes of humanity are, are not perpetrated by the criminals or crazy people who are obviously rather mentally totally uh, insane, clinically insane, or hardened criminals, or 
the, they do bad things, but this is nothing compared to what so-called normal people do when they are, they are identified with the collective ego. Entire countries have destroyed in, in Russia, in Germany, in China, in the 20th century. Normal people have killed millions even of their own people in their own country, not even talking about warfare between countries. <laughs> so it's, that's a, and that's a gradual an awakening happens through intense pain, intense suffering. You, you don't even need to, you can observe it just by observing yourself, how up to a point you needed your suffering. If you hadn't suffered, you wouldn't be here. If I hadn't suffered, I wouldn't be here. I know that. I would be, don't know what I would be doing. Uh, probably drinking beer and watching television. <laughs> no need to do anything, what's the point? The challenge is, come at you continuously, small and large. Up to a point, the challenges, uh, the way in which you respond or rather react to the challenges create suffering, to use that term, create unhappiness, misery, anger, many forms of suffering, but I'm using the, the Buddhist term suffering, unhappiness you could say in its many, many forms. So when the challenges come, uh, up to a certain point, the challenges make you unhappy, the challenges make you miserable, resentful, angry, dejected. All kinds of things happen when the challenges come one after another. Life never leaves you alone. Oh, God, I want out of here. Some people say, why? Just when I thought I've sorted out one area of my life, Okay, I got the job and a great job and everything is, then something else goes wrong. There's a relationship problem, or then there's a physical problem, or there's a problem in somebody close to you, something bad is happening to them, or there's some death happening close to you, suddenly some great loss, or whatever it is, unpleasant people making your life difficult. Not unheard of, <laughs> it happens. And so they, and up to a certain point, the challenges of life are transformed into unhappiness. And then you reach a point where you recognize the challenges are inevitable. They continue coming, it's like the waves on the ocean. When you watch the ocean, and the big, the big waves come and break, they, they come and you can see when approaching. And first it doesn't even look that big, but you can see this movement of the water comes. It's coming, it's coming. And then finally it goes This is how challenges come at you. But they're not always this huge, these huge waves, sometimes they are. They can be little, little irritating ripples that come at you. <laughs> Don't like that. And up to a point, you become unhappy, you're not happy, and you complain about life. You don't want it to, to, I've had enough, or, or you get very angry at everybody and everything because it's all their fault. Or you angrily deny the existence of God. 
how would God allow a place like this? How would, I would be morally superior. I could create a better world than this. How can, how can he allow this to happen? This is a very common argument. We may address it again at some other point during the... And so you get angry at God. Some God in this case is, of course, a, a mental concept that you have of somebody who is in control of everything. And, and, and so you, you get angry with God, and, uh, and then you get angry that there is no God. <laughs> and then up to a point, and suddenly, when you no longer demand that life should not be difficult, that these things should not be happening to you, then suddenly something shifts. Challenges keep coming, but they no longer make you unhappy. They make you more present. So there comes the wave of the ripple, and you, perhaps you see it coming, or it comes so suddenly that you don't see it coming. There it is, and you go, ah. Oh. <laughs> There's another one. And as they come, they create an alertness in you that would not be there if the challenges were not be happening. In fact, you needed them because without them, you would be half asleep. This is the human condition. You would be in a somewhat lethargic state because it's, life is fine. It's, I'm doing fine. <laughs> I'm Oprah Winfrey, and you've been listening to Eckhart Tolle, Essential Teachings, the podcast. You can follow these essential teachings on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't yet, go to Spotify and follow this podcast. Join us next week for more enlightened teachings from Eckhart Tolle. Thank you for listening. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.